talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. We are recording today, and this one is a hot topic. Should God bless America? And we got the song. God bless America, land that I love. Uh, but should he? If you know, I asked this question on Facebook not too long ago. It got some different responses. Mm-hmm. I actually was kind of surprised at the number of responses that were just absolute no. <laughs> um, but there were multiple people who said that's not our decision. And my question was, if you were God, would you bless America? And, and that was an honest question. I wasn't mm-hmm. just trying to be divisive. I really want to know what people thought. But I've thought about this, and I and I I probably split it right down the middle, but probably lean more to the side of no, simply because I don't know that uh, blessing America will bring people back to the gospel as much as uh, judgment will, and and I think biblically I could support that. I think when a nation goes against biblical principles and God says, okay, I'm going to give you what you ask for, you want no God, I'll give you no God and let you deal with the consequences. And then when you repent, I'll come in and I'll, I'll change things. But that, that's my initial thought, but I could be wrong on that. Um, what is your definition of blessing America versus excellent. judgment of America? So that is a great question, and I don't know. What does it mean for God to bless America? I think the standard thought would be wealth. You know, if you if you if you were able to get into the hearts and minds of most people, blessing would mean I've got wealth, prosperity, I've got comfort, I've got health, I've got protection, things like that. Um, and I think that's probably not too far off, you know. Um, but I could also argue the other way that blessing could mean um, simply. Uh, 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 more of a, more of a, a cultural, not culture, but more of a, a intangible blessing. You know, there's peace, there's um, hope, there's joy, things like that. So I don't know if I answered your question or not, but well, I, I think you did in in a lot of ways. I'm in part of is what I'm trying to process here is. Um, When we come, when we're talking about blessing, and and our country in a lot of ways are ma- is making laws and doing things on a national level that would go against what the person who is passionate in their pursuit of Christ, the the, the Christ follower, believes and adheres to. So, if we acknowledge that, then. Based on the question, if you were God looking down, so to speak, at the United States, would you bless it? Part of my thought process would be, well, how many people of that 330 million people that are in the United States are passionately pursuing me? And I think that would that would help dictate that question, because I think based on on conversations that I've that I've heard and just you know things that are that I've read from people that are thinking through this from a doom and gloom perspective as a turn or burn, you know, realistically speaking, and and I'm asking this question to to the two of you, what percentage of the 330-ish million people in the United States would you say 
are passionately pursuing Jesus? Gosh, I'm I'm actually going to think thirty million, maybe ten percent. Ten percent. Okay. I was I was actually thinking ten percent. And so yeah. now I now I would ask the question: Would God bless? 10% of a population that are passionately pursuing him. Because to me, 10% of 330 million is a whole lot more than a remnant. And you can look biblically at God, God protecting the remnant and God blessing even the country because of the remnant. But in the same part, in the same point, God setting aside a remnant because of the of, of the judgment that was coming because of the lack of faith of the people. So I see that as a as a both sides happening biblically, Old Testament and New Testament, from that perspective. But but for God, if 10% of our population are truly—and I believe that is—I can't—I say that, I believe that's an accurate number. I, when you read the books and you um, watch the YouTube and listen to the podcasts and the number of people that are passionately pursuing Jesus, passionately pointing people to Jesus, evangelizing and, and promoting the, the, the love God, love people aspect of life. There's a lot of people that are doing that. There's a whole lot more that aren't getting it. There's a whole lot more that are not doing that, and even within the churches. But to, to, even if it was 10 million, 20 million people that are passionately pursuing Jesus in the United States, that's—I I don't, I don't know what God would do with that. I don't know. Yeah, see, I try to think of it as a father, because that's that's the only reference I would have, you know, to put flesh and blood on this. So, as a father, would I would I bless my family if my family were uh, disobedient? You know, would would I bless my family if my family were reckless and? Um, entitled and all those other kinds of words you could put on it. I would probably not. I would desperately want to, but I would want to do whatever it took to move my family back into the the part back into obedience. And again, you know they're not obedient to me. My kids would be, but not my wife obviously, but um you know what I'm saying? I I, I would not want to exacerbate the problem because blessing someone who has turned your face from you or turned their face from you to me just um it it rewards bad behavior here's the push that i have against that thought we're that is accurate for the christ follower i can't use that same terminology of people turning their face from god for ones who have never turned their face toward god to begin with now from, aren't they under judgment anyways or already yes and that's kind of that's kind of the point that that I'm I'm thinking through in this process is if there it, it brings back to the the statement that I've said many times why do we expect a lost and dying world to act like anything other than a lost and dying world that's yeah. unrealistic and that's un uh, that's unrealistic on our part we, that's unfair on us to expect people that don't know Jesus to know Jesus and and if they did, then there would be no need for the Christ follower to love people because they've already got it. So I think some of the you know the, when we look at the scripture in the Old Testament, you had a people in the in the Jewish nation that knew God that 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 had their faces toward God, God as their as their father, and they turned their faces away from him, and that resulted in punishment because of the generational sins that, that went on there. 
Here I look at the United States and I see three different categories. I see the Christ follower who's passionately pursuing him, the Christ follower who's a Christ follower on Sunday morning, and then you got a larger majority that do not know Jesus, have not professed him as Lord and Savior, and are not in any way even thinking toward that. And so you, you almost you really have three different categories of people in in that mindset. So I don't even know what the point I'm trying to make, but it's, I, I I don't, in our language that we would use around the evangelical Christ following church, we would say that those who are not yet Christians, who have not professed Christ as Lord and Savior are not part of the body of Christ. Therefore, although God created them, God loves them and God wants them to uh, and, and and beckons them through the Holy Spirit to come toward him, they are not his adoptive children. Yeah. Um, so it... it when, but, but Old Testament-wise, um, every nation that goes against God, every single one, met the judgment of God. Mm. Now, they were given... They, they were given opportunity. God was patient with them. God gave them time, and there was still blessing that was seen on them, um, you know, occasionally, and certainly they were blessed when the people of God were present in their nation. That's what um, Jeremiah 33 says, right? Mm-hmm. You know, dwell in the land, or not dwell, but but plant and do yeah. do the things yeah. that, you know, you live. Keep prosper going. the land. Yeah. So, that's why they were in Babylon. So we know that they were blessed because of the people of God, but at some point God said, okay, enough, I'm going to send judgment. You, you know, look at uh, Noah's Ark. There were a few righteous people. Actually, there was one righteous, and a few yeah. people got tagged along with that. But he he eventually said, "Enough is enough," and that's what I'm wondering is happening to America now. So, I think and the world. The, even. the Old Testament example. I think we can look at all the nations and say, "Yeah, definitely judgment." But I think to make this uh, even stronger, I think we specifically look at the nation of Israel. Um, you know, is is America Israel? No, but I would say that America has been blessed by God. Absolutely. And maybe the second most blessed nation in the history of this world, possibly. I mean, that, that's a big statement, I realize. but That's a very American way to look at it. But, but, I mean, <laughs> but, but it, you might be right. Yeah, I, mean. I, mean, I don't know. I know Israel, I would, Israel is that nation, without a doubt. But, yeah. you know, America founded on biblical principles, religious freedom, I mean, all the right things. Um, but, yeah, definitely an American way to look at it. I, it very last 200 years <laughs> view of the world. But <laughs> but I think it might. It, there may be some truth to that. But biblically, looking at Israel, obviously the ones that came against God and came against Israel, they were defiantly, definitely uh, judged. But even Israel, God didn't take his hand off of them, but he did allow them to reap what you sow and to go down wilderness paths. And um, so, you know, that's his nation. That's not America. But... um, could God remove his hand? I believe so. I think, jumping on to what you just said, I think that the reason we have been blessed is because we have, by and large, been a nation who has been supportive of Israel. And God's people are God's people. When God made a covenant with Abraham, mm-hmm. it was a it was an eternal covenant. It wasn't a covenant of, I'm only going to... I'm only going to follow this, you know, yeah. to G- to Jesus. Yeah. No, it's a covenant. it is yeah. a covenant, and God is a covenant God, and and He always keeps His end of the deal. Yeah. And um, so I think 
that that we have by and large been supportive of Israel, and I think that is where we have been blessed, or that is maybe why we have been blessed. But in the coming days, I see a real move away from being a friend of Israel. Mm-hmm. At least if you look at the current uh, political landscape, there is a huge uh, upswell of support to to go against Israel. Right. And so, um, if that day comes, God help us as a nation. In my in my view, I think God that day us. will come, just based on the limited understanding that we have of Revelation. Yeah. Because it it appears, and again, our interpretation of of a, of Revelation, but it appears that whenever the end happens, that Israel will be standing alone. Yeah. Which means not only the United yeah. States, but all the other countries that do support Israel at some point will not be there to support them. When that happens, I want to. I, I don't. I don't know. But yeah, I think at some point we we will go down that path. Um, we have a variety of people that listen, you know, and and I, I suspect that there might be. What's our rating? One point two million? I, I can't even. Remember. <laughs> we, we, I think we were down to like one point one something last week. So Corona. Revelation, <laughs> Revelation, twenty one eight. Take a give one point something million. You know. Liars go to hell. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if we have somebody listening that is from that older generation, yeah. I don't want them to hear anything like that. We don't love our country. I mean, sure, we do. Sure. And, um, but I think even objectively, somebody listening that is from that that greatest generation, you know, that, that did go through the pride of post-World War II and all that time, I think somebody that really is looking at, at things can can look at it and, and objectively look at it and go, this country today is not, not this, they know that. I mean, yeah. we, know, we all know that. This is not the same country that was here. So as we're talking about America, we're not talking about that America. We're talking about today's America. Yeah, so that's a great distinction. It's a big difference. Great you know? distinction. So, I, I feel great pride in this country. Yeah, but but I try to balance that as a secondary pride. I always want my citizenship in the kingdom of heaven to supersede and to be greater in value and in every way than my citizenship here. And again, I think that's what Jeremiah thirty three was talking about, saying, "Look, you are in an earthly, you are in an earthly kingdom. While you're there, grow and and, mm-hmm. and enjoy what what you've got, yeah. but don't lose sight of the fact that you are a resident of something greater." And as a Christ follower, we can look at that very verse and understand the necessity of what Jeremiah, through, God through Jeremiah, was saying. One of the key words for me is to reproduce, to increase yeah. in number, and as Christ followers. Are we satisfied with 30 million? I, no. I, no. No, we, we can't. We can't. We have to increase. Does increase come more through persecution or through blessing? Well, persecution. you look at the last 2,000 years, it's yeah. it's been through persecution. Does that mean we want persecution? <laughs> no! Mm. We don't want it. But in the same breath... Wow, you know what is what is God up to? You know that's my that's my heart's cry. God, what are you up to? What do you want to see happen? And how do we walk through and with you in your plan? Well, good. Well, I was just thinking back on the it popped in my mind the Old Testament story. God's ready to just destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I think Sodom was the and then Abraham says, God, would you would you 
if there's 50 righteous, yeah. would you would you would you hold off on this? I hold off for 50. Yeah. Okay, well, 45. I'll hold. I'll off. hold off for. 45. I think he gets him down to 10. There's negotiating <laughs> yeah. going He's on. He's working here. on a deal, right? and and you know, I hold off for 10. And he holds off for 10. So, which is amazing if you look at that. Right. There so were God's, not even 10. God's withholding judgment based upon the 10 righteous people. Now, ultimately, the end of this story is there was destruction there. I, were those 10 out? I, I but he rescued but, the righteous. Right. And I think that is what we can't forget, yeah. that we can't control what's going on in the world. We certainly can't control what's going on in our country. I mean, we can yeah. vote, but that's all it is is a vote. I mean— I don't want to sound pessimistic, but come on, really. Nobody trusts the system right yeah. now. Either side of the aisle. It's, it's screwed up, it, right? no matter how you look at it. Yeah. But God will not leave his people, period, end of story. Right. And that's always been the case. Right. God will always deliver the righteous. He won't deliver them the way they want to be delivered mm-hmm. always, but right. he will always be a deliverer, and he will always fulfill his own promises to his own people. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, it should be the message of the church. My my struggle right now is listening to uh, preachers online and things like that, and I'm not hearing a lot of the prophetic um, calling, uh, w- the prophetic warning against the judgment of God. What I'm hearing a lot of is let's keep holding on, let's keep fighting to get our guy in office because that's you know if if we can, it's almost like if we can just get that, we'll be okay, you know. And and I think that's fighting the wrong battle. Because I think that we're we're losing focus on the fact that the office of president and all the governments, those are all under the hand of God anyways. Hmm. And so we need to be focused on something bigger than that. And that is, what does God think? What is God doing? And I am more and more getting the sense that we're about to face the hand of God. Hmm. And, and we're going to—there's a principle of reaping and sowing. Yeah. As a nation, we have sowed death— we have sowed division. We have sowed, um, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, lewdness, and we, we have it's, sowed it's, yeah. everything right. evil, almost to the point of when God said to, uh, in, in Genesis 6, the, the, the inclination of man's heart is only evil all the time. You know, in, yeah. in, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about the second coming, that it's going to be as in the days of Noah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and are we not in the days I, of Noah? I, I really feel like we may be because it, it, it's, in my lifetime, even, we've had disagreements always. But disagreements politically or whatever were, there were disagreements and they were off by, I don't know, let's just make up a number, 10 degrees, 20 yeah. degrees. But now we're in a time where that's not up, that's down. They're that's 180 not down, that's degrees. Up. That's yeah. not right, that's left. That's, that's not, not left, male, that's, right. that's female. There's right. no yeah. such thing as male and female. And it's, it's whatever you want to be. And it's like we're redefining everything. And everybody is completely labeled and put in one camp. Like, so if you believe, if you believe, okay, I'm against, I'm pro life, I'm against abortion. Oh, you're one of those. So you believe in all this other stuff too. Yeah. So you're immediately labeled. So as, you don't love women, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Like those aren't even related, no. you know, or, or or something even further, you know, out there. So it, it's just things that don't even. Or, I'll give a better one. Like so. Oh, so you're. Um, so you believe in Black Lives Matter? Oh, okay. Well, then you you must be willing to kill babies. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like what, those don't even relate. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's like huge jumps. And and and, and all sides of the aisle. It's like we got to quit. This is not supposed to be a political broadcast, but well, but um, like you said before, everything's political. Yeah, and actually, it, it, it's been created. Everything has been made political. Right. I don't think right. we can draw a line. 
necessarily yeah. between political and morality and biblical and things like that. Will God bless America again? Maybe, Maybe. possibly. He may judge it. But it, all of that stuff is <clears throat> secondary to personal relationship and on our knees praying, you know, and, and repentance, repentance, true repentance. My heart broke because on the way home from our trip this past weekend, um, I was listening to different, uh, just, just, you know how you just, you just want anything to pass the time on the 24 hour trip. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled up some stuff from Tony Campolo. Uh, the first <laughs> thing I listened to was the story of the, um, the giving a, a birthday party in a greasy spoon diner I for remember, a hooker. I remember reading that. Great one. story. And yeah. that really is the heart of Jesus. I mean, if you mm -hmm. haven't heard that, check it out. It's a great story. But then I, 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 you know, clicked the next thing, and it was a story of uh, basically interview of Tony Campolo and, and people that knew him and all that. Good man, great yeah. man, yeah. And, you know, had some great, really some, some, some things that the church needed to hear yeah. in terms of loving people. Mm -hmm. But then he moves into the idea of he's totally reversed his belief on homosexuality. Hmm. And not just, not just homosexuality, but on being celibate. So, so he is in full agreement, according to what he said, with non-celibate homosexuality. Hmm. And he said, I've just been reading the Scripture wrong all this time. God hmm. just showed me that, that I just had it wrong. Hmm. Did he defend that with Scripture? Not, not in that actual uh, uh, recording. Um, but, I, but I thought to myself, wow, mm -hmm. here you have a complete reversal on something that I don't think could be any clearer in right. Scripture— and you, you know, and, and that's being taken by by the church. And this is just one issue of many issues. Sure. I mean, look. Yesterday, I talked about envy and jealousy. That's something we don't ever talk about as yeah, the church. Huge. But deal. that is a huge deal. We don't ever talk about greed. Right. I say ever. We do some, but I mean, we we can't say okay, homosexuality yeah. is in this camp over here. Yeah. But greed and yeah. and Not lust and yeah. you know. All these other things. Yeah. No, we need to, to say, okay, all of these are issues. Yeah. But I guess my point is, um, I guess the overall point is, when the church loses its voice, not loses, willingly gives up its voice yeah, muzzles, yeah. on the issues that God clearly spoke on, and simply because they're perceived as negative or judgmental or harsh, mm -hmm. and the church then goes to the idea of, we want you to be happy. We want you to be healthy. We want to help you have a good life and all those nice and neat things. Mm -hmm. That's when, if I were God, I would say, okay, church, now I'm going to have to deal with you. Because and we're seeing that in, in groups of denominations <clears throat> yeah. that are currently doing that, as a whole denomination going down that path. And that, yeah, that's, that's detrimental. It's important to define the, the church, too, and I know we know this, but the church— by correct definition, is the 30 million we talked about earlier, the, the genuine followers of Jesus Christ, the disciples. It's not, it's not the... Because I would guess the number is much higher than that of actual church attend may not be, but, you know, church attenders and, and, and denominations, all this kind of stuff. But I think it's probably... Church attendance is probably around 65%. Or, or not maybe not church attendance, but church affiliation. Yeah, it go once a month uh, would be, or yeah. twice a year or whatever. Yeah, but still, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, still, comparatively yeah. speaking, if you've got a full one-third yeah. of our country who says, I have no affiliation, no religion, right. you know, that's that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Wow, so we went kind of around the circle on that one. What um, was the topic? <laughs> <laughs> Should America. God bless America? 
You know, if blessing is, is a response of obedience, I would say that he would have a hard time finding reason to bless us. But if blessing were, uh, if, if there were a partial blessing, meaning you don't get everything you deserve, but I'm going to withhold some of those things, then I think maybe for the sake of the remnant, then yes, that's where God would be. It just, again, my own opinion, my own view, I'm actually praying through this, trying to seek God on it, but I think that God has allowed the doors to crack open, not with, not with the blessing, but, but he's, I think he's starting to let through some of the natural consequences and even more towards the judgments of, you know, the, the Psalm, I believe it's Psalm 1 says, the fool says in his heart, no God. And I think God is, is saying, you have said no God for so long, I'm going to give you no God, but you're going to find out what it's like for there to be no God. Mm-hmm. I actually think that is what hell is. Hell is yes, the exactly. absence yeah. of God. Yeah. And so what does the absence of God look like? Well, you take all of the characteristics of God away. He is good. He is patient. He is kind. He is loving. He is just. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just five of them. But you take all light, you take all of those mm-hmm. away, and you have the definition of hell. Mm-hmm. That is a that is an awful, miserable, horrible place. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think if people really understood that, that might move towards repentance. This is such a. You sit home, you watch the news, and you watch people fighting in the streets every night, it seems like now. And it can become so overwhelming to what's happened to our country, what's going on. But when you turn that off and you're still in your house, look to the right, look to the left, look across the table, that's your family. They're still the same. So so I I think for me, there comes a place where I'm going to have a voice as much as I can with a podcast, from a pulpit, whatever I can. But at the end of the day, where my voice is the strongest is in my house and it's among my people. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. And so I think there comes a point where it's like, let's live out the way we're supposed to live. Let's train our kids biblically. Let's and let's let's be people of repentance. And if nothing else, I'm part of the remnant. You know. So take heart. You know, we we will be saved, whether it's rapturing away or whatever that looks like. Um, so I I love this country. I would I want this country to be great. Okay, again. <laughs> <laughs> I want this country to to, to be in all so of its. So much mag- for not being. I, I didn't mean. I, oh, gee, you, I, I want us to be in all of our magnificent. You know, but but you look good in red, by the way. Yeah, thank you, Anna. Star Wars. Shirt. <laughs> but it's it's not it's not ultimately about that. It's yeah. about as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. We're going to do what we're going to do. You know. You know, uh, this may be for another podcast, but I, I'm trying to put all the pieces together the best I can. And when you look at the global nature of what's going on, you look at the uh, the real push by the International Monetary Fund, by the um, uh, Global Economic Forum. There is a there is a massive push for globalization. Mm-hmm. There's a massive push for one single world currency yes. that is going to be um, whether or not we like it, whether or not we want it. It is going to happen because biblically speaking, it has to happen. I mean, how else do you? buy or sell only with a mark. I mean, this is, we're seeing Revelation lived out, uh, unfolding right in front of us. I believe so, too. And and so, you know, when I look at all that, 
to me, it should drive us as believers to an urgency about the gospel. Yep. How can they believe unless they hear? How can they hear unless somebody preaches? How can somebody preach unless they're sent? You know, so I'm sending you, the yep. people of God. That's who we are. We are the mouthpiece, the storytellers of the gospel. And um, the sooner we get about God's business, uh, the sooner we can really usher in the kingdom of God. Yep. So let's do it. Guys, thanks for the conversation. It was good. Hope it was enjoyable to those who are listening. Please share. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Please share. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Attention. <laughs> Salute. Salute. Uh, I have no idea what the heck I was saying. Thanks for listening. Next week's topic, should the American flag be on display within the congregation? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus help us. <laughs> Actually, the real question would be, should the Chinese flag be on display if you're Chinese, wouldn't it? And should the Brazilian flag? Oh, my goodness. We're going to get calls for that one. Hey, thanks for watching. Do share this. We hope it was enjoyable, and we hope it was helpful. See you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.